Welcome to the Self-Directed Soccer Podcast. My name is Mike Cruz and I'm your host and this is the podcast where we look at all things youth soccer with a lens of enjoyment. In today's episode, number four, we speak with the Red Oak High School Boys Varsity Soccer Coach, Oscar Lewis. We go through his background growing up in Germany, and we talk about things that maybe in the States, if we implemented them, that could help our soccer culture here. And we also talk about his training methods with the high school team and his coaching journey so far to this point. And we also get into some some inspiring stuff about his perspective on every player having their own timeline. Uh, sit back, relax, enjoy this episode with Oscar, and let's get into it. All right, everybody. We are here with Oscar Lewis, uh, head coach of the Red Oak Boys Varsity Soccer Team. Oscar, uh, if uh, if you don't mind, man, if you could just kind of run through like your background and definitely and soccer and all that. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, first, I was born in Germany, and so like my dad was like a uh, in the military for twenty five years, and so uh, okay, I was born there. My little sister was born there, and so like the way in Texas, like football is like life, and like you could go anywhere and find a football field. Like that's how I was in Germany. Like you could go every couple blocks, you would find like some type of like small sided like soccer field. And yeah. so like it was just like the thing to do. And so like uh I remember eighth grade, my dad was like, We're moving to the States and I was like, What is this? And I was just like very like honestly sad because like I just had lived there, grown up, my best friends are there. And so like when I came to Texas, I, I moved to, we moved to Austin and okay. I was just like really nervous. But uh when I got there, my dad I remember my dad saying, like, they have they have soccer here too. Like you just gotta you gotta find it. And I was like, so I just remember like that my eighth grade year, like we were looking for like outlets for me to play and it was just like very hard and i just i I was able to recognize like right then and there i was like that's the the difference i feel between like america and germany when it comes to soccer like i just feel like it's so common in germany compared to like in america at the time i feel like america is definitely growing the game of soccer for sure but like at the time i want to say it was like what 2002 whatever like it's just the game was not at the level as uh it wasn't as available to everyone as it is now in 2021 and so like uh thankfully by the by ninth grade i found a, a a club team in austin that i was like playing with regularly and then also being able to play like varsity soccer my freshman year so i'm playing older boys being pushed and so that really just like continue me to continue to allow me to like fall in love with the game yeah and so uh i played soccer uh played four years of soccer there and then i played collegiately at a uh, houston tillotson it's a d2 school in austin uh okay great experience uh my my coach uh just very he was very good at pushing us uh, i just really loved how he just was always always motivating us when i was when i was younger i I really thought he didn't like us because <laughs> he was just so hard on us but like he that was his way of showing love like if he didn't the if he didn't if he didn't speak to you that meant that he just didn't care okay. and so like he just was like hard on us but he loved us and it was it was evident because he would go out of his way to make sure that every single dude from the star star to all the way down to Oscar Lewis was it was taken care of and like made sure that we enjoyed our college experience and so uh after I graduated, I uh, got my uh, teaching uh, certificate, and then mm-hmm. I started coaching. Uh, I w- coached for this uh, assistant, or I was the assistant for this guy named Ryan Flanagan. Uh, just great coach. He uh, just really made me fall in love with the idea of coaching. Okay, but when I was in college, I didn't really know if I was going to coach and teach because, like, I just was. I enjoyed playing, but I didn't really see yet how like I could affect others, and probably to like my junior senior year of college, like, man, like I could encourage others to be better than what they initially are okay and so like uh 
once I started teaching, I was just teaching middle school, you know, just hanging out, living my life. And I, I met this guy, Ryan Flanagan. He was a, a head varsity coach. And he's like, you're going to come be my assistant. And I was like, all right, cool. And he just made me fall in love with the process of like seeing these kids every day, lifting with them, you know, working on their game, elevating them. And I was just like, man, like, I love this. This is like what I want to do like for the rest of my life. And so yeah. after that, uh, I, f- I was able to find, I did, I was, it was a summer. I remember it was like, I was coaching, I was with assistant at, for, for Flanagan again. And uh, this job at Red Oak came open. I had I'm from Austin. Had no idea where Red Oak was. Even though I had driven, <laughs> I go to da- I have friends in Dallas, teammates that were from Dallas, and I would yeah. drive past Red Oak every time, <laughs> and I had no idea what it was. And so I was like, Yeah, man, I'm going up to this uh, city, Red Oak, for a, a job interview, man. And so my friend, he rode with me, came up here, and like it just. I fell in love with the place. Like the people are just so nice and they're just so comforting. They, they're, they're so supportive. Yeah. And so I've been here five years and I always joke about it. I'm like, I, if you would have told me five years ago, I would have been here for five years. I was like, you're crazy. Like there's no, <laughs> there's no way. But like, I just, I, I love the people I work with and the people are just so supportive. And so that it just makes the job easy. The kids are good kids as well. It's just a very, very good atmosphere to be around. Nice, nice, nice. That's that's an awesome background, Oscar. I, I didn't uh, I didn't know that you were born in Germany. I um I was in the military for awesome. a few years, and thank you for your service. Too. Oh, absolutely, man, absolutely. And I uh, I was in Luxembourg, oh, right yeah, next yeah. door, man. Yeah, yeah. And so we would go to Germany, like to the army base, to uh, for the commissary. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, so I, I've been over there. You, definitely, there is a you can tell, definitely tell there is a soccer culture over there for yes, sure. Definitely. Not so much in Luxembourg. Luxembourg is just kind of like a bank city. Man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know if anybody really lives there. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't think that's like a real one. No, but, no, no, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. no, no. That's not a soccer hotbed at yeah. all, for sure, man. <laughs> right. yeah. um, but. When you say that, so did, when you were growing up in Germany, did you do you speak German? Then? So the the crazy thing about that is, uh, my uh, my best friend's name was David. Uh, mm-hmm. His mom was German, and his dad was an American soldier. Okay, and so uh, basically, he was like my translator. <laughs> so oh, anytime nice. anytime we would go out to play or go out and meet people, I, he'd be like, "Hey, this is my friend Oscar," and then he would just literally translate for me. And my okay. mom always laughs at me. She's like, "Cause I have a younger sister." who speaks it fluently like okay. she's like Angela actually took the time to learn the language uh, I, was, <laughs> I was like I know she's like the star child and everything but like I was just busy like living life and yeah. so David I, I still communicate with this guy but like yeah. he basically just he got me into soccer because I remember uh, okay. like wanting to play like seeing everyone playing and like he'd be like yeah like let's go hang out but like hang out to him was not like play video games hang out was like we're gonna go to the park and we're gonna go <laughs> probably get beat up by bigger kids playing soccer but oh. it, that was that was just like the culture and I just like fell in love with it so yeah definitely. yeah so angela she's the one that the traveling nurse yes absolutely about? yeah the star okay. child absolutely. <laughs> the star- <laughs> absolutely yeah the chosen one yes absolutely oh that's awesome man so you start you were moved in eighth grade so what about what age did you start playing soccer then i would say i started playing soccer oof, i want to say like like nine or ten okay yeah yeah were you part of like a club out there or is it just like going with david to go play so i was a part of a club there but i mm-hmm. also uh basically i'll be honest, i i played basically for like two teams so i played for like the military team we have like you know youth services okay called like the ys team and so like basically like we were uh we were we were in we were in ramstein and so we would play for like, i played for like my age division in ramstein mm-hmm. but then there was another uh a club that was like located out of uh outside of the city called domstadt and okay. they basically the thing i loved most about that is that you didn't have to pay for that and i think that's a big thing that's uh, an issue with american soccer is that okay. a lot, there's so many quality kids but 
there's there's there they they can't afford that man yeah like, it's like, expensive yeah and it's so like it just showed me uh, as I got older I was able to reflect on these things obviously but like. I thought it was normal, like when I was able to like just go play soccer all the time without having to pay fees or whatever. Like yeah. the government has found ways to to incorporate that funding within the uh, German government to ensure that these kids yeah. that are able to these kids are able to play. And I just don't until I think America is able to be able to find those resources. I feel like we're always going to be like a little behind because there's so many okay. like hidden gems in America that I bet you there's a kid right now somewhere in this random area yeah. that is really good. But his mom and dad are like, am I going to pay rent this month or am I going <laughs> to take little Johnny to to go play soccer? You know? So, yeah. So that was that's a big thing to me. That's something that just really irks me sometimes because I just think there's so many quality kids that like, man, I'd, if if a coach saw him, would be like, man, yeah, sign me up for that kid. Right, right, right. No, I, I agree. But I, I had... I always thought it was just cheaper, but it's free. It was at least at that time at it that, was free. I, I, if, uh, if I'm being honest, I think now it costs more. Uh, it costs, but I don't think it's to the levels of what it is right now. Okay, or what it is in America. Excuse me. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't want to lie to you. I can. I'll definitely fact check that tonight <laughs> when I talk to him. But I, I truly feel that like. When we were kids, it was like, yeah, like as long as you were consistent, I remember that being a thing. Like if you miss a certain amount of percentage of practices, then the following year you were like on the waiver list. Like meaning like, are you going, we don't know if we're going to have a spot for you, but if, if, if other people don't show up, then we can put you into a spot. Okay. And so like, I just remember attendance was like a big thing. Like don't waste our time. And if you are going to waste our time, we're going to find another kid to to slide into that spot. Oh, wow. And so what I also remember for that is like, there was like for me, there was like three levels for my just for my age group. Okay, and I I just remember a competition being a, a major thing. Like my mom and dad are coming to this game. Like I don't know if I'm gonna play. You know what I mean? And so like okay. I just remember like eight or nine being like I, I really or nine or ten wanting to play, but like yeah, I'm like man, this is it's competitive. And so like okay. I feel like it does a. I feel by having so many teams, it allows everyone to play, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's like your spot's not guaranteed. And I, I think. If you're having facing that competition at ten or eleven, by the time you're fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, yeah. I feel like that gets you really ready for like those real level high games. Ah, uh, uh, yeah. No, I've uh, so I've listened to other like podcasts yeah. about um, you know because Pulisic went over to Germany yeah. and how like Reina uh-huh. and mm-hmm. everybody's over there now. Yeah, yeah, and so sure. they were talking about how it's like it, like we're just what you were saying, but it's like cutthroat in terms of like competition and like your spot yeah. and eventually find your way to the first team if you do make it mm-hmm. um yeah so i i um so i'm not familiar at all with the the i guess the youth system here in terms of like club soccer um but like from what i've heard just on other podcasts uh i don't know if you speak to this but like i guess the the type of competition the level competitions not quite there what i what i do hear is that like you try out you make the a team or a lower team but then there's like not a lot of I guess the competition to move between levels. It's there's really no movement. It's just like you make that level, yeah. and then you go there, and then you try out again, and then in order to move up to an A team, you might have to change clubs. Yeah, it's it's more of a year to year evaluation. And what like we were talking about earlier, I feel like there would be kids that one week they mm-hmm. would be like I like for example, I was like on the there was three teams, and I was on the second team, and there'd be one week where I'd see a kid, I'm like, I just saw that kid playing for the top team. And now yeah. he's starting with us, the second team. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or like the opposite, where like I remember there was kids that weren't doing so well in the second team, mm-hmm. and then they went to go get some more confidence with the third group. And so okay. I feel like there was week to week observations of kids, which I think.
think is really good because one, it keeps a kid motivated, but two, yeah. it, it rewards those kids that are staying after practice to work on things or that are asking the right questions to, to increase their play. And so I think that is another issue. I feel like, like you're saying, like it's, I tried out for the Texans, right? I yeah. made the A team, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm on the A team for the whole year. Even if I don't continue to grow my game, I'm, I'm locked in, right? Cause I'm paying my money monthly, right? <laughs> okay. So they can't take that away from me, right? Yeah. I'm on yeah. the A team. But then the next, maybe the next, uh, spring when tryouts are again then they evaluate me and maybe they put me on the second team but wouldn't it be better to have me evaluated like i made the a team right but then maybe yeah. two weeks later they're like man johnny's just not his first touch is off he's not communicating he's not opening up in the space so yeah. now johnny can take that information and hopefully he applies it and mm-hmm. elevates his game okay and so i just feel like that's something that's missing as well yeah no, that's interesting man so like you mentioned also going to the park so i take if I'm asking you, like, as like a ten year old, to yeah, remember, yeah. You, remember your sure. youth days, man. But like, it, do you remember like what a typical week would be like? Because you played on two teams, mm-hmm. you played with your friends at, uh, outside of the club as well. Yeah. So, like, how often in a week are you playing and training? Ooh, so my mom, my mom is a teacher. So like, yeah, her grades are like everything to my mom. So like, okay. she, I think props to her she identified early that he was like oh oscar likes soccer so i'm gonna dangle this over his head until (laughs) his grades are right so if my grades were good which they were not always if i'm being honest if my grades were good like it would be i would get done with school at 3 30 okay and david would probably be over after four and we'd probably go to the park from like 4 30 to about seven on like two nights a week okay just like literally just playing like the rule i remember it was 5v5 for five minutes and so if you won okay you stayed on if you lost you had to get in line you and your five guys had to get in line and get ready for the next group oh uh, okay and so uh, the whole team yeah like okay. the whole five yeah absolutely okay and then if there was like for example i remember once like when we first started going like no one like we didn't have friends <laughs> we were I, I was a loser whatever <laughs> but we didn't know anyone so like me and my friend would get in line and i'd be like does anyone want to join us? And so we would have random people that we didn't have relationships with join yeah. us and stuff. So that was really cool to me. I like the fact that like we were, one, you're playing against kids that are like 13, 14, 15. Mm-hmm. And cause there was, I don't think I said that earlier. There was like an, a grown man court and then there was like a kid court. And so, Oh yeah. And so okay. I, I, I did like that. The fact that like, obviously I'm not going to go against guys that are 18, 19 when I'm 10 like that. Yeah. There's nothing, nothing's going to come up besides me having no confidence in my life. I'm like, why can't I ever outrun this guy? You know? like, yeah. You're I'm eight terrible. Years, yeah. You're eight years older than me, bro. Like, yeah. I hope you can do that. But, but yeah. And so like, I liked how like we were able to split, but at the same time when I wasn't playing, I could look literally like a couple feet and be like, man, like that guy's a baller. Like what is it? Like I could just pick up little things. Like, yeah. for example, like I was a defender and I was like, my favorite player growing up was our Carlos. Like I just thought he was a baller, like the way yeah. he, he was on the wing, but he and he defended well. But when it was time to attack, he got forward and added to it. And so, like I just w- would always watch guys like how they defended, but ask, ask, after they won the ball, yeah. what would they do? Like what were their what was their skill move, their go to move? I always tell kids like, what's your go to move? Like when you're one on one with the guy, what's that move you lean into that you're comfortable with? Okay. And so like that was something that I, I I picked up watching older kids. Like man, every time he gets the ball, he fakes with the left and then pushes with his right foot, and just like being able to see. Older kids play at the same time while I'm waiting to get in line. Yeah, for my it was it was just a really cool vibe. Like I I, I truly appreciate that. So yeah. we would do that like twice a week on the weekdays. Okay, and then training was every Tuesday and Thursday. So okay. we would go like Monday, Wednesday would be like let's go have fun and play, and then Tuesday, Thursday would be like let's go prove ourselves like at actual training. Oh, okay. Friday, Friday, uh, Friday was nothing, but then I remember Saturday would be if it was in the fall, it would definitely be like season. So we would okay. play, and then in the uh, the winter, uh, the 
and the winter it depended i'll be honest if you were one of the elite kids they would have like other things for you involved but in the oh, winter okay. i'll be honest it was super cold and I, I would play uh ys basketball like military basketball okay but yeah so i i didn't i in the winter i didn't do much but in the fall and spring that's like i would probably play like five times a week during the weekday oh wow so, oh wow so um it sounds like so if there's five minute timers and and there's a uh, two separate courts for adults and kids yeah is this um is this is this like true like pickup or is there like uh, an organization running this or an adult running this? Yeah, so I'll be honest with you. I didn't, for the longest one, because I was there from like maybe 10 to like, I want to say 14, mm-hmm. 13, something like that. I, I just thought that was just normal. And then yeah. I remember asking my dad about that. He's like, no, he was like, there's literally people that, that was their jobs was to like, they would get off, they had like part-time jobs and they would just be like the scorekeeper. They would uh. just, because as I got older, I would notice like the, the older guys would be fighting. Not We're not fighting, but they would be competitive and want to be like, no, that's a foul. No, I won the, and like the, the scorekeeper, he, that was his job. He was like yeah. the ref, the scorekeeper. And it was just like a really good vibe. Like there was music playing. Like it was just, I just, it made me like really not, not only like soccer, but just like like the culture of soccer. Like yeah. playing, you know, having fun, having music. Like it just mm-hmm. it was just a really good vibe. And like to me, like that's I feel like when once you hook a kid, then he's gonna love it forever. And that's what that's what hooked me was yeah. like that just that environment of playing. Yeah. So it sounds so there's a couple of interesting things you just said there, right? So one is going back to what you said earlier is about uh when you were waiting your turn for the five minutes and then you're watching the the older guys play, um, you know, wh- like one of the reasons why I asked um, Ethan and Dylan to come out was that like, and I told him like, Hey, don't like, don't come out here to coach them and show them moves and stuff like that. Like, just like take them a task, man. Yeah, like, absolutely. Like, you know, yeah. like don't take it easy on these guys. And like, what it was is like, I want to, I want them to see firsthand, like, you know, what what older kids, what more experienced so kids aspire to something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Absolutely. But it not be like so, like, here's your tutor, you know, Johnny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, this is I, I want you to learn from him. Yeah. But um, so that that's really interesting, and I, I feel like in a, a, t- a typical kid who's in soccer nowadays, they don't they don't see the you know the older mm. the older kids Absolutely. and adults playing to to see that some kids do because like their older brothers yeah. or their their you know dads uncles moms yeah. whatever they they play and there's that if they have a soccer culture in their family then they're I, able to be exposed to that yeah you know? yeah but for the vast majority it's not there it's just like you go to training and you're up there with with your age group and you, you see nothing else and and then you and, go home yeah yeah that's <laughs> that's exactly right and then the other point is you said about music. I just wrote an article about this with music, and I feel like music changes the atmosphere without a doubt. You know, without a doubt, it like it just it makes it not as uh, so serious. At least in my opinion, it's like it doesn't make it so serious. Like if you mess up, there's still music going on. The game continues, yeah, yeah. and you don't really dwell on it, and you're, you're kind of just kind of get lost subconsciously in the game, yeah, yeah. and you just play. And um, I, I've been playing music at all my practices. Yeah. And at the free plays that we do, and I think the kids like it a lot. I think I think that it creates just a, a positive energy. I remember yeah. uh, we would uh, we would get there early sometimes before like the scorekeeper would like get there to like have the before his, he would like set up music and all that. Yeah, and it was cool. Like we would play, but like honestly, I wouldn't become serious until I heard the music. I was like, <laughs> I was like, all right, it's game time because the music's on. And like, so it would just like, I, yeah, maybe it sounds dumb, but it would just like hype me up. And right, I, right, right. I just, I just liked that energy, and that's why. Uh, my guys, like uh, at the high school, they're like, "Coach, we, we 
we got we got to have a hype time uh, uh, pregame. And I'm just like, hey guys, if that's what's gonna get you right, man, then I'm all. I, I don't understand half of it, the Migos or whatever that randomness is. But like, if that's getting you right, then yeah. let's let's do it. And so yeah. like, I that's I. It helps me relate to them a little bit when they say things like they're like, coach, I need some good music to get make sure I'm ready for the game. And I'm like. That sounds good, man. Let's do it. And so, like, right. I like that for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, at that last playoff game, they were playing some pretty, like, you know, some hype music, man. And before game, pregame, yeah. I was like, and then when the game started, it turned off. I don't know. What, what's your thought on if they continue to play music during a game? Would you not like that because they can't hear you or they can't hear mm. each other? I, I think it might be an issue because I feel like part of soccer is communication. Yeah. And so I feel like that might skew like communication a little bit. Like, for example, like there's a kid, he's he's our ball winner. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I tell him you don't need to mark anyone, you just need to go get the ball. Like that's what you're great at. Yeah. And so but I tell him when he does that, he needs to say mine. And because he has a very different voice, yeah. everyone knows when he says that that that's his ball to move away. And so I would okay. what, what would happen if the ball's like a free kick's in the air and and he he says mine, but we don't hear him. So now, as a another defender, I'm like, is that my ball? Because I didn't hear mine. Yeah. So it's just I feel like it could mess up communication. And I feel like in soccer, you have to be a communicator, or else you you can't play soccer by yourself. It just doesn't work. Like right. you have to be on the same page with your team. Yeah. So yeah, I yeah. think it might mess it up a little bit. No, that's a good point. That's a good point. Um, I didn't even think about that. Um, you know, maybe like in a formal match, but then maybe in terms of like, like, because they had music going on during the entire time. Yeah, absolutely. You were playing, right? For sure, yeah. Yeah, okay. Definitely. Now, okay, so that's interesting. So then, like, mo- like kind of moving forward to when you moved to Austin, um, and you, especially after you graduated high school and then you went to college, you specifically mentioned that coach and he like pushed you. Like, what were the tactics like in terms of like what you were learning? Um, in high school and college here in the States versus when you compare that to maybe what you were learning in Germany? Uh, I would say like, for example, like, uh, like my high school coach, great guy. I still talk to him, but I just feel like, uh, compared to like my instructors or coaches that I had in Germany, it was just, it was more organized. Like, Like meaning when I would get to practice, it was very clear like where what we were doing like we would start we start the session but he would highlight what we're doing and it would just flow throughout the session and it just it just flowed very well i feel like my high school coach he would he would it would just be delayed and i feel like it would kind of kill the momentum of the practice it's like we would do something it'd be great but then he'd be like all right guys let me go set up the next thing and i just felt Uh, like it just took it by the time we got the second thing going it just it took away from the momentum that we just had had from that first session yeah our first part of the uh, session and just it didn't flow as well okay and and that's honestly something that i I really respect and liked about my college coach is that he just didn't waste any time like when we got there from literally from the bibs that we were going to wear for each uh each drill yeah. to like the the uh, the space that we're using, everything was just always professional. And okay. just, it just it just looked it looked like art, honestly, because he would just have <laughs> cones everywhere. Like he would just literally build upon every drill. And I just I've never I was there for four years, so I want to say maybe at least at least thirty five sessions a, a a semester. Yeah, and I just I don't ever recall a time where he was just like. All right, guys, give me a couple seconds. Let me go set this. It just was like bam, 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 bam. It was just uh, so it just flowed so well, and that's something I I'm obviously I'm not to his level, but that's something I try to pride myself in. Yeah, is like, 
from the start of the session to the end, I want it to flow. Yeah. Because I want kids to like keep that positive energy or maybe they struggled in that first drill and I want them to be able to reflect on it quickly, but then let's move forward and, and be ready for that next drill. And so okay. that's that's something I really, really respected my college coaches that it just, everything was professional, meaning our bibs were, they our bibs were good, our cones were right, everything. It just, he's like, I'm expecting y'all to give y'all's best. So I got to give you my best. And yeah. I just, I really felt that he was trying to do that daily for us. Okay. Right. So when you trained um, in either, in either States or Germany, yeah. did, uh, did y'all split up by like uh, position groups or do y'all just break up into smaller groups and you do, each of y'all do something different at the same time? Yeah. Uh, so in college, it would be we would do a, a group like technical uh, drill, whatever it would be for the day, yeah. And then we would go to like our individual sections. Sections like I would work with our defensive coach for maybe twenty to thirty minutes, and then the attackers would work with the attackers, and then we would come together after that. So it'd be like group, individual, group, and then team. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, and I, I actually liked break, and I, that's something I do here. I like to, I like us starting together. Yeah. And then I like us breaking up into like smaller like things, meaning like a defender he might need to not he don't, he might not need to work on finishing with his his opposite foot when he's a defender. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Right? Right, or, right. Or or an attacker he might need might not need to work on one on one defending. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. So why are we giving why are we wasting those minutes with those kids when if that's what they're if that's where they are in this year's team maybe they need to work on that. And yeah. so like I, I, I like the thought of us yeah, let's all increase our technical ability at the start, right? Our first touch, our 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 weak foot passing, our our long ball with our opposite foot. Like, yeah, those are things that all soccer players need to have in their bag. Yeah. But at the same time, while we're while we're trying to increase our overall ability, let's give some specific time to training on the things that you're gonna do in the actual game for this year's team. Oh, okay. Yeah. Really, really position specific. Absolutely, then. yeah. Uh okay, okay. Um, where, like, where, um, where do you get a lot of your current coaching influence from, like, education-wise, or like how you think about the game and stuff like that? Absolutely. Um, I so I've, I'm uh, I've been doing a U.S. soccer certifications, so I have like my D license right now. I'm currently yeah. in the C license. Okay, and like I I really like it because they they push you, like they ask you questions on why you set it up like that, why you explain that drill like that, and so before that, like I. I would obviously just lean on my college coach or a coach Flanagan, the guy I used to coach under, yeah. or just like honestly thoughts of like drills that my coaches set up for me when I was a kid. But okay. like having like actual people that are that are checking in with me, they're like, Oscar, that's a great drill, but I was wondering why. And it just like it pushes me to be a better coach because now it's like I'm having to be accountable to someone through yeah. the US soccer thing. And I, I really like it because it's like one, like my my big dream is to be I want to be a college coach one day. Okay. And I feel like you need these certifications to do that. Yeah. But two, it also like is increasing my overall ability as a coach because they're 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 constantly asking you why you're setting up things like that or how did that help that kid. Right. And so I, I really like that as well. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Was there any difficulty getting into the C C course for you? Was it like first first time applicant and you got in? Uh yes, I'll be honest. It, it wasn't I was the D the D license was hard. And I okay. needed I needed that though. Like I yeah. needed to be pushed. And so I was a little timid to sign to even sign up for the C. And I just was like, if you have these dreams and these 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 goals, you can't you can't be you can't be nervous about it. You're either gonna do it or you're not. Yeah. And so like I I remember they offered one like uh they offered one starting at like Christmas and I was like, 
oh no, I'm in season. I, <laughs> I can't do it. I gotta focus on the guys. I was like, yeah, that's gonna help you sleep at night. That's sure. That's what you're telling yourself. And then I was just like, I'm telling these guys to to give their best and try their best, but you're not doing the same. You're a hypocrite, Oscar. So yeah. I, I signed up for it. Uh, it the class started uh, at the beginning of March. And yeah, it's 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 there's days where I'm like, woof, like this this sucks, but like it's making me better. So I need to do this. And uh, so okay, definitely. So it's not. So it sounds like it's over a period of time. Yes, absolutely. So like because of covid times the the class is like blended so okay. like uh they'll give us like assignments mm-hmm. and we'll have to do it online or like they'll ask you like uh what are your what are your influences of coaching or why why do you feel it's important to have a why when you coach or yeah. like what like what the basically they 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 make you think about what you're thinking about and yeah. and if that makes i know that probably sounded dumb but like no, 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 it, it, it allows me to truly like clarify what i believe in and yeah. so when i'm talking to kids i'm like yeah like I, I truly believe in this and i feel like the thing i love most about kids i feel like kids can tell when you're faking it like they i feel like they can they can smell it like yes detectors uh, yeah man. that's what i'm saying They're, they have yeah. a high bs detector and so it's like they can smell when something's fishy man and i feel like if they if they don't believe that you're bought in or believing in whether it's a drill or the team yeah. like i feel like they're not going to be as bought in as as they should and so right. like i feel like this is just making me even having an even stronger belief in what i am doing yeah, yeah, you know, that's, that's kind of one of the benefits of coaching, like, um, you know, so for me, if I've, n- I've never played before, and yeah. then I, I agreed to coach just because they needed a coach for the team. Absolutely. It was scary, dude. Yeah, for sure. I could have, <laughs> I could imagine, man, yeah. for sure. That's yeah. definitely. Because, I mean, you have, like, parents, parents automatically have expectations, and then you have kids there, too, and so I'm, I'm not, like, a teacher, and so I, ha- I wasn't used to working with kids, like, a yeah. group of kids, at least, mm-hmm. and so... But like putting yourself out there, kind of like taking that risk, like you said. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're asking your kids to like go out there, you know, be vulnerable, take some risk, absolutely, you know. And it kind of like makes as a coach, it makes you do the same thing as well. And that's like a big growth factor for me. Like you know, five years later, now like we're on a podcast here, uh, you know, doing a blog, and then still coaching. And like so many good things have come about from coaching and just the game of soccer. So I. I mean, I, I'm totally, I totally agree with you, man. Like putting yourself out there, being vulnerable, even yeah. if you know, even if it's going to be tough, like you said, the D was tough, and then the C kind of seemed intimidating. Like you know, you got to take those risks, and then like your your kids are pushing you for sure because for sure. of that. Because that, that sounds great, man. That yeah. sounds awesome. It's like it's just hard for me to like look at look at Ethan or Dylan in their eye, and I'm like, Dylan, go give your best, man. But I'm like on the inside, Oscar, are you giving your best, bro? You know, yeah. what I mean? it's just like you can't. It's just like. I'm not good at BSing, man. And so it's just hard for me to like BS a kid and be like, hey, man, you got to go hard. You got to do your best. But then you're not pushing yourself to be better. So it's just, yeah. that's just how I look at it, man, for sure. Yeah. So tell me. So we talked about a little bit about the, uh, like your training a little bit in terms of like you want it to flow. For sure. Um, you know, so kind of starting from the, the start and when you, you get a, a group of kids in. And I guess, do you have to, like, can you walk us through, like, the high school process for people who might be interested? Like, how does it work for a kid to make the high school team? Absolutely. And- uh, I think it's important before we even start talking about that is that I feel like every kid has their own timeline. That's, like, my okay. big, like, thought about when it comes to, like, kids in high school soccer. So every kid has their own timeline. Okay. So, for example, 
when I was in high school, I played with this guy. I'm not going to say his name, but I, when I put, he was he was gifted, and the reason yeah. why he was gifted is because his father played Division One soccer. His mm-hmm. mother, he, his father played Division One soccer, and he was six four. His mother, who was five eleven, five ten, was a volleyball athlete. So he came from like a very good. He had a good start, right? Yeah. Also, this kid had been going to camps like his whole life, so like okay. his his timeline was pushed up. So when he was a freshman, he was of course he was on varsity because he was six one, and he was a freshman in yeah. high school. Yeah. So like his timeline was had, had been advanced a little. Okay. Then most kids are are still developing their bodies. Right. They're still developing their minds. Right. Uh-huh. And so like a lot of kids might take two to three years to be a varsity athlete. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I just think every kid has their own timeline. And so when I when I for example the the next group of freshmen that are coming in, right? Yeah. Obviously, I'm gonna I'm gonna evaluate them. I'm gonna t- the first couple of weeks we're gonna do athletic. I'm gonna check their athleticism. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna check to see if they have any individual skill on the ball. Yeah. The 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 story I tell is that there's a kid that's gonna be a junior next year. Mm-hmm. When I met him, he was a uh, I met him his freshman year, right? Yeah. And He's like maybe five, six, five, seven, super small, right? And so from visually, you look at him like, nah, that kid, that kid needs a couple years to grow. Nothing wrong with that, right? Yeah. We start the individual uh, skills on the ball. I'm like, this kid's nice. This yeah. kid, this kid's comfortable. He looks, he looks composed. He looks like he's been doing this not before today. You know what I mean? And so, <laughs> okay. and so I go talk to him. Yeah. So I, I talk to him. I'm like, hey man, you look very comfortable on the ball. And he's like, yeah. He's like, I've been playing for FC Dallas for the last four years. And I was like, oh, like, and I'll be honest, in Red Oak, we don't have a lot of kids that are affluent enough to be able to to play at that high level. Yeah. And so the funny thing is, he was like, yeah, I'm a center mid, and I was like, no, you're like five five. So you're gonna probably play on the wing and and get comfortable <laughs> with that. And yeah, it, it was a, a great match. He was the defensive newcomer of the year. He okay. looked he looked so comfortable there. But the reason why he looked so comfortable at a position that he had never played before is because he'd been on the ball he'd been playing soccer his whole life basically yeah at a high level as well and so that goes back to that timeline where if you want i always tell kids i'm like you want to have your timeline pushed up Mm -hmm. then you need to put in that individual time you need to be able to play outside of school and i was like i'm not saying you have to pay thousands of dollars i'm saying you need to have a ball at your house and when you have free time you need to go put in that extra time to ensure that you get those things that you say you want but your actions need to match that and i feel like sometimes kids i i I probably get a really bad rap. I'm like, kids might think I'm really mean, but I'm just brutally honest. I'm like, you have, you verbalize what you want, but yeah. you need to physically go get those things. Okay. And so like, like I said, when they, they get to school, we do well, the first couple of weeks, it's physical fitness. It's, trying to see i'm trying to identify who are those kids that are ready right now okay. and if they're not there's nothing wrong with that they just need a couple years to develop maybe one year maybe two, maybe it just depends on every single kid every kid's case is, is different you know yeah. I mean? like everybody yeah. everybody develops their own way mm-hmm. and so like i the last couple years i've had three freshmen that like i didn't i didn't I wasn't planning on including them in the varsity. Yeah. They just showed themselves. And then the more I got to know them, I also realized that they had that background of yeah. that soccer culture. Their parents or or their big sister or their big brother had played soccer. Yeah. And so from a little age, they were like, I want to be like that guy yeah. or that girl. And that's yeah. what allowed them to be ready to go at 14, 15. Okay. And so I think that's really important that if, if kids – if kids want to play at a high level at a younger age, mm-hmm. they, they can't just show up the day of soccer and be like, yeah, I want to play varsity soccer. I'm like, no, man. Like, you have to, like, take your time prior to that and, and get ready for those those moments. Yeah. Now, that those are some good points there, man. Because I, I didn't know that uh, – I assumed it was – I guess varsity was reserved for upperclassmen. Not, so it's a, not. not at all. If, you, okay. if you're ready to go, like I'm sure that's and there's sports here. I know there's 
softball girls that are freshmen that are beast and they're ready to go. Or yeah. There's uh, I know a freshman in my world geography class. He's a basketball player. He's six mm-hmm. two and he's on varsity. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like he, but he was he's also been playing like high level basketball. So it's just like, for example, like that kid I talked about. Like when I was in high school, his parents he he came from a very good. Uh, background, right? His, yeah. His dad played D one soccer. His mom was a, a volleyball player, tall, yep. and so he came from a very high level. Yeah. And so because when so when we got to high school, I was maybe five seven, but I'd been playing soccer my whole life. Yeah. And he was six one as a freshman, but he once again had a great physical base, yeah. but also had some skill as well. And so it just like I said, everyone has their own timelines, different right. attributes. But we were both the two freshmen that were on varsity as freshmen. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's a good message too. Like, hey, like. You know, just because you didn't make varsity your freshman year, um, that doesn't mean that soccer in high school is not for you. Absolutely, D- Dylan. Yeah. Dylan was a uh, when Dylan was a freshman. Yeah, he uh, he did not he didn't make the varsity. Yeah, but I I identified him early. I was like, that kid is skillful. Yeah, but he's not physically ready for older boys. Like he's gonna get pushed off the ball. Yeah. and get hurt probably if he played with older kids. Sophomore year, played varsity. Yeah, got comfortable with it, and then this year he exploded. Like he looks so he looks so comfortable this year. Yeah, I could show you film of him as a sophomore, and literally, if you look at his eyes, he just looks like, oh my god, I'm around older kids. I need to release the ball before someone hurts me. Uh, and now he gets the ball, and he's he's trying to drive at kids. He, he's trying to initiate the contact. And I'm like, who is this kid? And it just you know what I'm saying like everyone has their own timeline. Right, and right, just, right. That's just what it is. Yeah, and I think that's a good message overall because I think a lot because. Because there's not a lot of age mix play, yeah, and it's always in in training, and so you're always with your peers, and you're typically the same peers. True, like uh, not, not to compare yourself, right? If you love it, just keep playing and Absolutely. enjoying it, and then and if you love it, I think your time will come. Absolutely, at whatever level you know you have the potential for. My my coach used to always say, "The game loves those who love it," and okay. I and I feel like. I truly, I truly, I'm in a, a true representation of that like I love the game, and I feel like the game has loved me and taken care of me, giving me a job. Like I get yeah. to be around soccer every day of my life. Like I'm blessed, man. Like yeah. I'm super lucky. Like I, every day I wake up, I'm so aware of that. And so I, I feel like if you love the game, whether it's anything you do, whether it's your job, whether it's a a job or a coach, whatever, if you love it, it mm-hmm. will love you back. Meaning, like you give it your time, you give it your effort, it will love you back. If you if you truly love it. And yeah. Yeah. No, I think. I think uh, that's that's an awesome point because I I, I agree that um, that love for something, passion for something, yeah. enjoyment of something. I think that's probably the first thing or the like the foundation of what's needed um, in regards to like progressing in anything. Because uh, like if a kid who has maybe natural athletic ability yeah. and you know is coordinated and they can do well, but they're they're not loving the game for whatever reason. I, you know, I just think that they're 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 lim- they have a cap on on their limit. I agree. And for kids who you know are late developers physically or just small over uh, stature or not athletic, but if they're skillful and they love it, mm-hmm. uh, typically if they love it, they'll they'll typically be skillful. Somehow, right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, because they're always going to be on the ball. But absolutely. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And so what we, I, so the reason why I had Ethan and Dylan come out was. You know, part of that reason was because I want kids to like it. And when the kids play with older kids, I've noticed that, like, they look at them like, you know, like superheroes, man. And for sure. They, for sure. It's just something about older kids that are just a few years older than them mm-hmm. and that are skillful and good at something that that just motivates kids to emulate them, mm-hmm. to be like them. And, I, I mean, I tell you, I have kids on my team that um, they, they just want to play 
every day of the week. Like, if we had a free play on a Sunday, <laughs> they would be there. They'll be there. And if I don't, like, for Easter Sunday, like, coach, are we going to have, are we, are we going to, are we going <laughs> to have Easter. free play? Like, oh, man, go, go find some Easter eggs. Right, man. for sure. <laughs> Let me rest, please. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. No doubt, man. So I, uh, yeah, I agree. I like, I, man, I, I think the, what you, your background with the the intrinsic motivation, loving the game, for sure. and it's shown. It's, it's just it's just kind of propelled you to where you are now, and, and that's amazing. Um, I, yeah, you know what? I I I'm kind of I, I'm not sure where to go next, man. With uh, with anything, is there is there anything like pro? Like, uh, are you a, a fan of any particular pro team? Absolutely. I'm a so my favorite player growing up was Art Carlos. Yeah, and then when he retired. My favorite player became Michael Ballack. Michael Ballack was a, a center mid for Germany, okay. but he played for Bayern Munich. So uh, before I left Germany, they had the World Cup in 98, right? Yeah. In France. Okay. Right? And my dad my dad was like, I got a surprise for you. I was like, what, dad? Like, what, we're going to go to the zoo with my sisters? Or, like, what are we going to do? <laughs> and he's like, we're going to France. And I was like, like, like for the World Cup? And he's like, no, just to go hang out. Yes. <laughs> and so like he, like he took me to the World Cup and it was just, oh my gosh. It, it just was wild. And so... I remember Germany, uh, Germany and France. Are, uh, no, let me not lie. Germany was playing someone. It wasn't France. Okay, but Germany was playing someone, and me and my dad we were able to get tickets. Or I say me and my dad, like we went half and half. <laughs> like yeah, I was out there working. <laughs> but my dad, was, yeah, my dad was able to get tickets. And uh, I remember after the game, like uh, Michael Ballack scored two goals, and I remember him just like singing like the national anthem. And just, like I'm not German, obviously I'm black. I'm from America, but like it just inspired me. I was like, this yeah. guy just left. He left everything out on the field for his team and for his country. And it just like. Yeah. It was like, like had me so. I remember like going to my next training session, like still today. Like I was like, anytime there's a 50 50, and I'm gonna go win it like Michael Ballack did. And so oh, like, nice. it just like pumped me up. And so uh, I remember uh, a couple years. He, so he played for Bayern Munich for club. Okay. But then a couple years later, I remember he transferred to Chelsea. Oh, okay. And he's the reason I, I watch English Premier Soccer. Okay. Like he literally, I, I remember I, I would only watch uh, German or uh, the Bundesliga on, on TV. Yeah. Obviously I was living in Germany. It was easy to access it. Mm -hmm. But when he, when he moved to, uh, to England, to Chelsea, yeah, I was just like, man, like I don't really know English soccer, but like, that's my guy and I'm yeah. going to go support Chelsea. And so yeah. he played there for a good six years. But after he left, I was just like, I I love English soccer. Like uh -huh. my favorite players now are, are, are English. So it's yeah. just, it just was, he, he helped me open up my eyes to like, other styles of soccer yeah and so like that's good old red oak <laughs> but yeah he he helped me open up my eyes to like other aspects of soccer so that okay definitely that was that's i always watch chelsea i'm a big chelsea supporter for sure yeah so you're a blues guy huh? definitely absolutely oh nice 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 it was so when Balak was there, was uh, was that when Drogba was there? Drogba, absolutely, Drogba, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Okay. Didier right. Drogba, we had Frank Lampard, yeah, Dude, we had Ball Ashley Cole. Don't get me going, man. We had <laughs> we had studs. Peter Check, come on, man. Got to got to shout out the keepers. Like, come yeah, on, man. yeah, yeah. I mean, John Terry, excuse me. That's so he's the captain. Disrespectful. <laughs> that's so disrespectful of me. I'm sorry, John Terry. That's awesome, man. Now, so they're I mean they're doing well now that Tuchel took it absolutely, over, man. Absolutely, yeah. So I'll be honest with you because. I was rooting for Frank Lampard yeah. because he's a Chelsea guy. He he put the team on his back for a good decade, right? Attacking yeah. wise, and so I was I was rooting for him. But I I think it's real big that like sometimes people aren't ready for certain stages, mm -hmm. and I feel like he just started coaching at that high level. Like I, yeah. I'll be honest, I'm I, I'm 32. I would freak out if someone was like, "Hey, by the way, you're coaching that group now." I'm like, <laughs> "I'm not ready for that. Like, that's not my time. It's not on my timeline yet. Like, yeah, I'm yeah, not there yeah. yet. Like, I, I'm still building myself." And so, like, 
I was sad that he wasn't ready for that moment, but at the same time, I feel like he's going to grow from that. And I guarantee you, Frank Lampard's going to come back and be a great manager somewhere else. But Tuchel's yeah. doing a great job, and same thing. He's gone through some failures. Yeah, I, like you know, he didn't he didn't win everywhere, but no. he he is ready for this moment. His timeline has arrived for this job, and he's he's doing well. So I have to give him his props that he's moving the Blues forward. Yeah, I mean they they have a really good shot in the Champions League. Yeah, they got. I the, think like sleeper wise. Yeah, they just I, they what two zero on two Porto? Porto yesterday. Absolutely, yeah, for sure. And I mean, defensively, he's got them solid, man. Absolutely, and, and that was the issue with them the, prior. Yeah. They were just leaking goals. Yeah, for sure. yeah, they were scoring all the time. They were leaking. Yep, yep. You're. I think you're right, man. Absolutely. Um, in terms of uh, like, is there a playing style that you mimic where right now with your high school teams, or is it based upon the player? That that players? was that was so it literally changes yearly because I feel like okay. the difference between high school obviously high school and college compared to pros mm-hmm. is that like pros they're going to keep their the majority of their players yearly right okay high school i'm i'm losing a, gr- a group of guys at least four to five guys every year so like yeah. right now me i have a really awesome varsity assistant uh preston hancock he's i always laugh i'm like this dude wants it more than me and i want it <laughs> but he, he he wants to win so bad and i'm just like man i love that i have that energy around me but uh yeah yeah uh we we're evaluating that now like what mm-hmm. what what do we have returning what works for them that's going to be effective because yeah. the the formation that we're playing this year mm-hmm. wasn't the formation that we were playing last year okay and at this but at the start of the year we were playing the formation at the start of this year we were playing the formation we played last year but the longer the season went on we we're like this doesn't fit this group of kids yeah and so i think it would be wrong of a coach to be like this is my formation. This is my strategy. You guys need to adapt to me. No, like you're the professional. Mm-hmm. Like you need to find something that works for your kid, your players. Yeah. And so yeah, I, yeah. I like I if I if I told you right now a formation that next year we're gonna play, I'd probably be lying to you, man. Because I re- <laughs> I don't know yet. Like yeah. it just depends on how those kids evaluate or how those kids uh, elevate themselves. It depends yeah. on their maybe their athleticism increases. Maybe we can press more. Like it just it just depends on what we have next year. Yeah, yeah. Because I noticed. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. But y'all start off like at a four four two, and then you'll move to a four three three of some sort. Yeah. yeah. So uh, the this at the last year we played a four four two diamond. Yep. And then the beginning of this year we played a four four two diamond, and we just noted. I was like, I had Dylan playing inside, mm-hmm. and I was like, man, like Dylan's really good at going one v one with guys. Why not? Let's open up, or excuse me, let's open up yeah. the game and let, let's let him go one v one at guys, which he loves to do. Yeah. And so that we made the change, and honestly, that wasn't even me. That was. Coach Hancock being like, Dylan loves to go at guys one-on-one. I thought that would be disrespectful for me to be like, he didn't acknowledge it. He bought it to my eyes, and then the more I saw it, I was like, you're right. And so, yeah. like, we we – we we flirted with it for a couple of practices, and I remember we were playing we were playing Midlothian, the best team that they won district. And he was uh-huh. like, "Well, I was like, I guess we're rolling this out today." And so <laughs> it, it worked, but I was before that I was like, "This is nervous," because I've had times where I've flipped formations, yeah, and I've got blasted because the kids the kids weren't comfortable yet in it. Yeah, but I think because we did have older players, they were more uh, understanding to what their roles were quicker, okay. and it allowed the formation to be successful. Okay, absolutely. Yeah, okay, they were a little bit more adaptable absolutely. than young players. Absolutely. Uh, okay. Like okay. If, if I'll be, exa- I'll give you an example. If this was last year, uh-huh. I would, I I wouldn't have flipped the formation. I would have, I would have kept the formation that we had been training all year with. Okay. But because I felt like I had older kids, kids that were quick learners that mm-hmm. had high IQs that could like change on the go. I felt more comfortable about making that change. Okay. Okay. So uh, earlier you mentioned um, something about you know uh, when you're evaluating kids, like skill on the ball really popped out to you. Yes. And that may like that could overcome athleticism potentially in size. Absolutely. 
Um, are there like when you're evaluating kids, are there common things that you see that are actually coachable at younger ages that, you know, you wish more coaches at younger ages, mm, you know, helped your players that you get with? That's an awesome question. Body shape is so, okay. is so important. Meaning okay. like if I'm receiving a ball from the left and I feel a defender coming to the left, I shouldn't mm-hmm. just be like facing him. I should open my body to where the open space is and push my first touch should be away from where that where the uh, where the defender in the ball is coming from. Okay. I, I could literally look at kids and like that's one of the first things I'm doing. Like, hey, let's just do warm-up lines, two touch, one touch. And I just want to see how your body is when you receive a ball. Meaning, like, I can look at a kid's hips and be like, you're not pushing the ball away to the space that you need to go to. Uh, okay. I think that's such that's something, even when I still remember as a younger kid, my coaches would always stress that, like, where are your hips facing? Meaning, like, okay. if the if the ball is coming from the left, your, your, right in, your right hip should be facing towards where you want to go. Oh, and okay. I just feel like that's something that I, I emphasize a lot with my kids is, yeah, obviously you got to have a good first touch to be able to pass the ball. But mm-hmm. where if your body is not correct, you're, it's going to be really hard to be able to play a smooth quality pass to, to your next teammate. Ah, interesting. So that I feel like your body shape is very key. Okay. Obviously, you got to have a, a good first touch. You got to have a, you got to communicate. You got to. But those are the, that's the major thing. Like when I when I'm first looking at someone, yeah, I'm looking at how's their body shape when they receive the ball. Like, okay, are they are they getting away from pressure or is their first touch taking them right back into where the pressure is coming from? Ah, it's interesting because mm-hmm. uh, man, I've done uh, be, you know without a soccer background, I uh, I've been like scouring like internet resources Absolutely. for coaching and to to get a basis. And there's been good stuff. I don't know if you ever heard of like three four three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I I subscribed to that for a couple years and it was good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I did like, have you heard of Todd Bean? I have not. No. Okay. I'll check so, it out. So yeah, he's a, he's a he's a Johan Cruyff's son-in-law. Okay. Yeah, and he played at Dartmouth, and then. Um, yeah, so he has an academy in like right outside of Barcelona, and he has a lot. A lot of his ideas come from like Johan Cruyff, and um, a lot of like what you were saying earlier sounded just like it. Like, what's your why? Mm-hmm. Like, why are you coaching? Right? Yeah. And so it, he wanted you know all coaches to think about that. Uh, but like, so I'm looking through resources, Raymond Verhein, um, just all over the place. And so like w- the main thing is like, I always hear first touch is so important. And just like you hear, you're on Twitter, you hear that like first touch is important. Um, at first, like I always thought that first touch was just like, you're able to like control a, a bouncing ball, ball out of the air, a ball rolling at you and just be able to control it like dead stop. But like the more I think about it, it's like your first touch could be like, you know, first touch going somewhere yeah absolutely it, right you know I, not I would, just controlling it absolutely i would prefer your first touch to be like say you're wanting to go to goal i would prefer your first touch to be forward yeah. not just like dead in front of you because if it's dead that means you're giving that guy more time to come pressure you to get closer to the ball yeah for sure so i would okay that's something important to me like i think a lot of kids have that mentality where it's like yeah i have a really good touch the ball is dead right there i'm like yeah yeah that's cool that it's solid right there but you want the ball rolling one if you decide to strike it the ball is going to be easier to strike because as the ball's rolling yeah and two like that if you continue to decide to dribble that the ball's rolling away from a guy that's trying to come get the ball okay so okay to me i think the ball should your first touch should be rolling in front of you okay yeah yeah because that's um um and another thing i learned so on that point that's good to know Another thing I learned was like um, in rondos and just receiving in general, For like sure. to play to the back foot, I suppose, is like the the fundamental way to do it, right? Yes. Yeah. 
And so that way you can play like both ways mm-hmm. whenever you get the ball. Uh, and so that I feel like when you're doing that in a rondo, I never I ne- that the whole you know taking the ball and get the ball moving in the direction you wanted to, um, that never came up when and then rondo where you like receive it on your back foot, but then it stops. That way you can go left or right. And just do you have like an a uh, an opinion on rondos? Because like on Twitter, there's like a debate like, oh, rondos aren't directional. There's no goal. So are they useful? Do you use rondos? What do you think about them? I I do use rondos, but I don't. Uh... I don't use them very often. I think okay. I think there should be some type of like goal at the end of it besides just keeping the ball. Okay. And I'll be honest, this over the last couple of years, my I think my mindset has changed with that because okay. I think a couple of years ago I would be like, Yeah, man, you're working on possession, you're working on receiving it under pressure. Like that's great, but like you don't do that in a game, man. Like the mm-hmm. purpose of the game is to get the ball in the net. And yeah. so I feel like you need to have some type of even if it's a mini goal, yeah. like you need to have some type of goal that after they for example, like I have a drill where like they'll be, we'll start off. We're working on finding the width, right? Okay. So we'll start off in the middle, right? And they got to get three to four passes in that grid, right? So yeah. It's like a little rondo. But after they get that rondo there, they've got to find those those wingers. Yeah. And then after they, the wingers receive the ball, they can go to goal. And yeah. then to have those defenders that are defending the wingers, I don't want them just only defending, right? Because that's not realistic. After they win the ball, they should be able to have a goal themselves. Right, And right, so, right. like, I think it's important. Obviously, you want your defenders working on defending, right? But mm-hmm. at, there's going to become times in games where the defender wins the ball, right? So is he just yeah. going to kick it out and be like, all right, I've done my job? No. Yeah. He's got to be like, all right, what's next? Where's a pass? Or where's a goal that I can find just like you would in a game? Right. What would Roberto Carlos do? He Roberto Carlos, <laughs> he would say, I'm Roberto Carlos and beat every Everyone one v eleven and go score from like forty out. That's my guy, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, man. Cavs size of basketballs. I think, <laughs> absolutely, man. yeah. Golly. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I, I couldn't imagine trying to like be a goalie and stop one of I his would, free kicks. I would be so afraid it, to be embarrassed. Yeah. Like, like I couldn't even look at my family after he struck one of those. Man. Like that guy was a legend. He broke my wrist man. Oh, <laughs> for my, sure. Oh my gosh. For sure. Um. All right. So body shape. Mm-hmm. Uh, first touch. Absolutely. Uh, those are two very important things because I think w- what we're doing right now in our association is we're trying to like because we're vo- parent coaches, volunteer coaches, and like the main idea, right, is to get kids playing. But but at the same time, I feel like we did agree to say yes to coaching, and so we should probably try to do our best to provide like the best that we possibly can. And Absolutely. so a lot of people like myself never played before, and so uh, knowing that like. Those are the probably two two very fundamental and important things. I feel like that's not common knowledge mm. um, in terms of and how to teach it, I think, and how to explain it, I think, are two things that I think are maybe lacking to help um, kids who aren't aren't in the club team, for that sure. are in a rec team. Definitely, definitely. Um, so, yeah, the, I'm, I'm definitely going to take that away from, awesome. from this conversation. That's legit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Man, this has been an awesome conversation, man. I um I'm really thankful for your time. No, nah, man, this was awesome, man. I I truly appreciate it. Like just like being able to talk about soccer, is, I I could do this forever, man. Like thank <laughs> thank you, man. Like it's it's been like the highlight of my day, man. So I really appreciate it, man. No, that's good stuff, man. Sure. Well, uh, I guess we're gonna we're gonna end it here, man. And uh, I think in the future, man, we'll have you back on. Absolutely, man. I would love to, man. I'm I'm excited for it, man. This is awesome. Good deal. Well, Definitely. thanks, Oscar. Appreciate no, it, man. Thank you. Hey guys, that is it for today. I hope you enjoyed listening to our conversation with Oscar, Red Oak, Texas. You guys have a gem on your hands. He is a great guy, great coach, and uh, hopefully we can keep him as long as possible. 
Um, guys, some things I'm taking away from this conversation is that every player is on their own timeline. I love that. Um, don't compare yourself to each other, guys, at whatever age or level or person. I think that's just great general advice, guys. You guys are each running your own race um, on your own timeline. It's never too early. It's never too late, guys. Um, so whatever your dreams and desires and goals are, guys, go after them, work after them. You know, have your actions match your words and put that work in, guys. Some other things I'm taking away, especially as a youth coach, guys, uh, you know, implement that first touch and body shape training within your training. Help your kids, once they get to that high school level, have those traits already be built into their game. And lastly, you know, his time spent with his friend David in Germany playing pickup and street soccer and how that helped him fall in love with the game as well as shape his game by watching and observing older players playing in a relaxed environment with music, low pressure. But, you know, at the same time, he still had his formal trainings and matches as well. But, you know, it's all part of a puzzle, guys. And I um, I really appreciate Oscar taking his time to share his story. And that's it for episode number four, guys. Have a great day.